Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of Deuteronomy. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study. I want to thank everyone for coming on tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. First and foremost, I want to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us and doing for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. I'd like to thank the Smithfield Avenue Congregational Church for letting us do our study here, one body. I'd like to thank all the other faithful people that serve and sacrifice their time and their talent and treasure for this ministry to keep going. Thank you. We're grateful for that. If you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's study? And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to gather tonight, Lord as a family, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and to place your name above all names, Lord, even our own, as we all fight to put you first in our lives, Lord. Thank you for giving us your true word, the written word, Lord, to teach us how to live right, Lord, and to act the way you'd have us act down here, Lord. Thank you for saving us, Lord, and giving us a new purpose here on planet Earth. Thank you for giving us your spirit, Lord. We're just so grateful for everything you do in our lives. I'd like to Thank you, Lord, for giving us this congregation and the people in it, Lord. Let us always build each other up and edify each other. Never tear each other down, Lord. And always live and walk by your spirit, not our flesh, Lord. And let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit, as always, Lord, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen Amen and amen. All right, Brittany's going to come up and sing and usher in the spirit, and we're going to get started.
Thanks, Brett. It's an awesome song, isn't it? We're all overcomers. All who believe in the Lord Jesus have overcome. And it's not a feeling, it's a fact. Amen? Amen. All right, how's everybody doing tonight? Oh, it's a little hot one today, huh? I'm grateful we have a little bit of relief from the AC. It's hot today at the shop, so I'm just grateful to be here tonight. It's really good to see everybody, as always, as we learn and study God's Word. So, all right, before we get started, we've got a beautiful scripture over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Mary's got verse 11, but I just, I don't think I can stay there. I'm going to um, back up and I'm going to go through it. I'm going to go from four ahead because I just have to. God's kind of love for his children. All right, the Holy Spirit is going to be taken over, so I please be aware of that and try not to cause any distractions that would cause that to not happen and people get distracted really easy. So try to stay focused, amen? Okay. First Corinthians chapter 13, I'm going to go from verse 4 down. Always a good reminder of the, the love of God as revealed in First Corinthians chapter 13. As Christians, we have this kind of love inside of us. But we have another kind of love inside of us. It's called human love. And that's conditional. God's love is unconditional. And we fight to have unconditional love. Amen? That's why we have to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. The flesh always has conditions on love. God's love for us is unconditional. Verse 4, I'm going to read it down. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Amen. That's God's kind of love. Human love, we run out of that. We can't produce that in our flesh. Everything has conditions on it. Fit and never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now I'm going to keep reading. Verse 8. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. There's a lot of churches that still teach on these fundamentals and they're really useless right now because we already have the complete revelation of God's word. But love will last forever. Our knowledge, verse 9, is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything. What's he talking about then? When he comes back and when we go to be home and be him, we, every, the whole complete revelation will be told to us. Until then, part of it, it's kind of fuzzy. We can't see the whole picture. We can't quite grasp it all yet. Because it's a faith walk, amen? Until he returns. But when he does come and when we go to be with him, we will know everything. 
All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. So we know that God knows us completely in Christ. Three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The Bible teaches us that love is the greatest. This whole book is based on the love of God, right? And it says, what does it say? What is all the fundamentals? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbors yourself. That's what this whole Bible teaches us to do. If, if they were to take this away from us, and, and we say, well, how would I live? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The fundamentals, that's it. And this teaches us everything about how to do that. Amen. It teaches us how to do the right thing. And the Bible shows us what's wrong in our lives. Amen. Because nobody has to teach us how to do the wrong thing. We have to learn how to do the right thing. Amen. All right. That's awesome. So one thing about when we become a believer, God loves us unconditionally. Thank God for that, right? Because when we, when we first believe in Jesus Christ, we're perfect in his eyes. God sees us like he sees his son. But we see ourselves as failures and incomplete. And the devil tries to make us feel that we're not towing the line. It never depended on our performance to get saved. And it never depends on our performance to stay saved. Amen? Performance is the fruit of our salvation. We do the things and we do the right things because it's the right thing to do. And because we love God. That's the only reason. Not to get anything back from it. Amen? And that's how we do when we mature. Alright, let's go to Deuteronomy. We're going to continue our study in Deuteronomy. Like I said, we're going into the Old Testament. We are not under the Old Covenant. We're just going to learn, glean some of the lessons from the Old Testament and what Israel did in their failings so we don't have to reap the consequences if we continue that. The Bible is a progressive revelation of God's character from Genesis to Revelation. When you pick up that book and start reading it from Genesis to Revelation, God will reveal himself to you. Amen? Okay. Does anybody remember where we left off? But I have a scripture. That's right. I have a scripture before we get started there. God was writing it on my heart to share it, and I'm going to. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5. Give me a minute to get there myself. I'm sorry, no, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. One thing we never do here is deviate from the Word of God, amen? This ministry is based, and its whole foundation is through the true Word of God. And that's our foundation, so we never get tripped up or led astray, amen? Now, when it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it warns us against false teachers. And it warns us, in verse 1, God was speaking to me on this today, and i got to share this with you, because He told me to. Let the Spirit speak, Amen? All right, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly 
that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They will say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods, but God created those foods to be eaten with, th with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Now we know it as well as we do that the Bible is, doesn't teach us about religious things, okay? It, tell, it never tells us not to get married. As a matter of fact, God instituted marriage, amen? And the, and the way things are going today, people say, oh, you don't have to get married, just live with the person. You can tell that the days are getting, getting darker here, and especially in America. Now look what it says. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. See, the word of God and prayer is what gives us the right stuff to understand. Amen? It never tells us we can't eat certain foods anymore. That was the old covenant. The new covenant says we eat things and give thanks to God for it. Amen? Okay. We're under a new covenant now. Now look what it says. A good servant of Christ Jesus. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. So right then and there, the Bible tells us that we have to train ourselves to be godly. Amen? It's not something that comes natural for us. Amen? We have to train ourselves. Now it says in verse 8, physical training is good, and we know that it is. It is good. God give us a body to take care of. It's good to take care of yourself. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Now, we know what as well as we're training. What are we doing now? We're training into godliness, right? We're trying to become Christ-like by doing the things God would want us to do by being obedient to his word and following that in our life, amen? And that's something we have to train ourselves to do because we're not born with that natural ability. As a matter of fact, we're not born with the... In our nature, we don't want to read the word of God. We go against the word of God in our nature. Look at verse 10. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Amen? Amen? So we have to understand that we're in training right now. We're in school. The church is supposed to teach us how to live a godly life. And the Bible is revealed how to do that. Amen? Amen? And I'm up here to help you try to understand that so you can walk it in your daily life. Amen? That's what it's all about. That's an awesome scripture right there. But in the last days... Even Christians that are not well versed in the Bible are going to follow seducing spirits and doctrines that come from demons. People are going to twist these scriptures to their own destruction. But we do not take the Bible out of context here, so we don't get tripped up by that. Amen? Amen. It's very important that we keep it in its proper context. You can make this Bible say anything you want it to say to your own destruction. We don't want that to happen here. Amen? So we read the whole counsel of God. Amen. Right through. When we study a topic, we study a, a book, we go through the whole book. We stay on that. And keep it in its context. 
All right, so we're going to start in verse 26 tonight of Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you didn't get a chance to get to the beginning of this study, you can always go back onto our website and, and get into it from, from verse 1 down. I can't go back to it, so it's there. That's why it's important to keep coming, so you keep the context. And when we're not here to read, the, to read the Deuteronomy for your own personal, while we're involved in this, amen, it's good for you. It's good and edifying. Um, I said verse 26, yes. Israel's rebellion against the Lord. And, like I said, this is the Old Testament. We're under the Old Covenant. What this is designed to do is help us develop a healthy relationship with God, a healthy fear of God, and understand God and His ways, and to teach us, by Israel's failings, that if we fail in our walk, that we're going to suffer the same consequences. Amen? Okay. In verse 26. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to go in. Remember, they were ready to go in and occupy it. They sent the scouts in to check out where to find the weaknesses where they could get in, not to get scared and, and not go in. Amen? But they, they used it for the wrong reasons, and they rebelled and they wouldn't go in because they feared the giants. Now look what it says in verse 27. You complained in your tents and said, the Lord must hate us. That's why he has brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. You see where their hearts were? They didn't trust God. Where can we go? Verse 28. Our brothers have demoralized us with their rapport. What do they mean demoralize us? You know when they say your morale, to keep the morale up? They demoralize them by saying it's, it's, too, it's too hard for us. We can't go in. They were all psyched to go in. They got a bad report from the people. It scared them and they, they wouldn't trust God. Amen. That's why it's so important. When we, when we talk about God, we build up and edify. We do not tear people down. Amen. And keep them to walk away from God. We can do the same thing now. Because the Bible always tells us to fear not. Amen. That's two things that keep us from serving God. Fear and discouragement. Right? We fear that we can't be good enough. But let me tell you something. It's not you that's going to be doing it. When you decide to serve God with your heart, he, the Holy Spirit will take over. And you will do it the way he wants you to do it. Amen? You don't have to be scared. And that's why a lot of Christians don't serve the Lord. Okay. Is everybody with me so far? Okay. Let me uh, make sure I look presentable on camera here. Okay? Uh, we have a we do have a Facebook feed that are, people are watching, so I'm not hanging off my face and everything. I got I got my uh, my scouts off there saying go yeah. like this. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you see me doing that, it's because I got the signal. All right. <laughs> see, that's why we need each other, right? Right. God is good, Amen. So just lighten up, relax, okay? This is not anything, we're, we're learning about God, you can just be yourself here, okay? Just relax, 
Everything's good. We're just going to learn about God. And we're not going to get too deep into the Old Testament because it would take a year in itself just to go through Deuteronomy. So I'm simply going to explain the spiritual principles that will help us along the way to get an understanding. Okay? All right. Now, it says, Our brothers have demoralized us with their report. They tell us, The people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are. And their towns are large, with walls rising high into the sky. And even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you, just as you saw him do in Egypt. Now, the giants were literal out there. The people in it, they would say they're like seven to nine feet tall. Now, now that we're spiritual, Israel, now there's a spiritual application to this. We have giants in our life that keep us from getting into that land of promise. Okay, all the fruits of the Spirit. We're at peace, joy, right? No matter what's going on. And there's giants in our life. It's fear, okay, depression. They keep us from getting into that land of promise, right? Anger, resentment, bitterness. These are all the giants in our life that keep us from enjoying what God, Jesus, died to give us. Amen? And the devil keeps beating us up and saying, you think that you're saved. Look at the way you're acting. Look what you're doing. Look how you're thinking. Say, yeah, no kidding. I know I think like that, but through him, I can do all things, the Bible tells me. So we always have to fight back with Scripture, not in this human strength. Amen? We always fight back with the promises of God. He who is in you is stronger than he who is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, even when the devil tries to weaken me. Amen? And he's always going to try to weaken us, especially as you try to advance spiritually. He's going to try to drag us back into the physical again, into the flesh, and wanting our needs met all the time. The Bible says that Christ is all you need, and he lives in everyone. Amen? When you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in you, and you're sealed. The Bible says you're sealed until the day of redemption. In the Old Testament, the king put a, a signet ring on with a seal on it. Once he hit that seal, it could not be taken back. He couldn't revoke it. So that's what it says. Once you have the Holy Spirit, you're in, and there's no way you could get out of that. Amen? That's hallelujah. Our sins and our failures are not counted against us anymore because we're in Christ now. Amen? Now, is there consequences for our actions as sin is down here? Absolutely. But that's not going to stop us from getting into the promised land, into the kingdom, eventually. Amen? You could either... You can go through a rocky ride through your flesh, or you can enjoy the trip in the Spirit. It's up to the believer to learn about God and grow in grace and knowledge. Amen? But nevertheless, it, ne it doesn't depend on our performance. Thank God. How many of us failed today? Thought, word, and deed, all of us fall short of God's glory. And if you can't, if you can't admit that, then there's a heart problem there. We have to understand that none of us are perfect. That's why we need a Savior. If, I, if, if everything's good, then why do, we need a G, why do we need Jesus? Right? We need him because we can't. he does for us what we can't do for ourselves. Amen? We have to understand that. He fights the war for us. All right, now look what it says in verse 29. Are you with me so far? Okay, stay with me here now. This isn't that hard to understand. But I said to you, don't be shocked, verse 29, or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. 
and you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child, now he has brought you into this, brought you to this place. So just as we're growing now, right? He's, he's, think about it. We're always concerned about getting ahead, getting in advance. But if you think about how he's taking care of us along the way, yeah. all of us are okay. All our needs are getting met. He's watching over us. He's guiding us and he's protecting us. We're simply losing sight of that because we're always trying to go forward. Yeah. Instead of just enjoying what he's already done for us and enjoying that part of it. Instead of just basking, say, all right, relax. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Relax. He's working in me. Let the spirit work in me. The flesh is always go, 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 right? Instead of just sitting down and relaxing and letting the word of God teach you. Remember Martha and Mary? My, well, how come she's not helping me get all this food? She says, Mary has found what's important and it won't be taken from Everything else, all, everything else is not important. But sitting at the feet of Jesus and reading the word of God, this should be the most important thing in your life, developing a relationship with God. Not always a performance enhancement. And always evaluating if I'm doing good, doing bad, doing right, doing wrong. Just learn, let him teach you. Because he's humble. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If you give it to me, you'll be able to enjoy this walk. Try to do it in the flesh, you're going to have a trouble, big trouble down here. Because we can't do it in the flesh. And it's a fight, right? It's a fight. Every day it's a fight, right? It's a struggle. The closer we get in the spirit, the more the devil tries to get us in the flesh again. So it's natural. It's natural to, to go into this conflict, okay? So don't think it's strange because you're fighting this. Our spirit, our spirit fights against God's spirit. We want to know. We want to do things our way. It's just natural for us. It's not natural to do things God's way because we're born with the sin of Adam in us. And we can't get rid of that until we go home to be with him. We have to learn how to master it. That's what we're here to do. Learn how to control it. It's called self-control. Something that the Holy Spirit gives us. It's nothing to do with willpower. It's called self-control. The more control you give over to God in your life the more self-control he gives you against your flesh and your sin nature. Amen? Because willpower just drives it deeper. When you say, I'm not going to do something, all you do is focus on not doing something, something that you want to do. But when you don't think about it and think about the things of God, it loses power. Amen? Okay. That's why self-help doesn't work. We can't help ourselves. Christians try to mix self-help in with God's help. You end up deformed. Can I get an amen for that? All right. We know that we can't help ourselves. Once you get to that point, boy, God is right, here, right on top of it for you. He goes ahead of us. Every time you get up in the morning, you're on a mission. God's going ahead of you. Everything he puts in front of you was ordained by God. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all designed to mold us and shape us into the image of Christ. Everything we go through. But God is in control of that. Amen? Amen? And we try to squirm out of it. Our feelings get in the way, right? Okay, now listen. Verse 31. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place. 
But even after all he did, you refuse to trust the Lord your God, who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Verse 34, when the Lord heard you, your complaining, he became very angry. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. Except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, he will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. What's the principle? He wants to get us into that land of promise, right? The problem is we don't follow him completely, okay? We don't do it wholeheartedly. We do it half-heartedly. And the only reason why Joshua and Caleb got in, because they followed him wholeheartedly. They were all in, all in. They said, I'm giving my life to you. I'm trusting you, Lord. And that's why they got in. The other ones didn't get in because they didn't trust God. And you'll never get into that place with God in your Christian life if you don't trust him completely with your life. And that's the fight we have. We trust him, but not completely. Do we trust him with our finances? Do we trust him with our children? Do we trust him with our job? Do, do we keep our mouth shut when we know that we should and let God control it? Amen? Amen? We don't give all that part of our life to him yet. We don't trust him enough yet, so that's why we can't get into that land of promise where we can sit down no matter where we are. Peace home, at the job, Dunkin' Donuts, in the market, wherever you go, God goes ahead of you and there's peace there because you understand that he's in control and he's ordaining the situation for me right now. I can just relax. How many of us can't get there? Because we don't trust him completely. That's all it is. It's called, it's called lack of trust or unbelief. We don't believe that he's there doing it because we can't feel him. How many of us can't feel God all the time? God is not a feeling. The words of God's are factual, not feelings. He takes us way beyond our emotions and say, your emotions are useless. The devil works in our emotions, okay? He makes us oppressed and depressed and feeling sad as we do this walk so we go back into the world again and look at all the things that are wrong instead of what's right. That's what the devil does. He makes us see what's wrong in our Christian life and never what's right. And so we get weary and we get discouraged and say, oh, nothing's right. Nothing. And we focus on the things that are going wrong, not the things that he's already done for us that are going right. So we try to squirm out of these emotions by supplementing or going to the world to change a feeling, a change an emotion, whatever it might take to do that. He wants to bring us through the valleys so we can get to that mountaintop. Amen? It's a hard thing. It's a hard place. It says... He says, the road that leads to life, Jesus said, is long and difficult. And very few ever find it. Why? Because they never trust God completely and they walk with him while they're down here. So they never really get that walk that leads to life. Amen? They don't get taught well enough or they don't understand enough. Or they don't put the time in to learn about God. Why you were created. What your purpose is here. Why he created you, why he's got you here, and what he's doing in each and every one of your lives. Amen? It's up to us to find what that is. But we have to trust him completely, and that's where the problem lies. 
How many of us have trust issues because of people that burnt you? We got trust issues, right? Not only do we got trust issues with people, but that drives our trust issues with God. Who can honestly say they don't have trust issues here? Right? We all have trust issues because of things that happen to us, right? People let us down or things happen to us that give, make us lose trust in things or even in systems or even in churches because they've been taught the wrong stuff. But it's nothing wrong with the Word of God. There's a lot wrong with people. The Word of God is always true. So if there's a church teaching God's Word, you stay there. Amen. Not everybody's going to follow God's Word. Remember, two people got in the promised land out of millions of people. He got them out of Egypt, right? He got them out of the world, right, to follow him. But only two got in the promised land because they didn't trust him enough. And they didn't follow him wholeheartedly. The same thing with Christianity today. It's a bunch of gimmicks and religion and activities. And I need to appeal my flesh for me to enjoy this walk. Look, when you're in the spirit... God's not taking anything from you. In the flesh, God's taking all my fun away from me. All my enjoyment. No, no, he's giving you more. He's giving you contentment with nothing. Just imagine that. Just imagine God letting you keep everything you already have and giving you contentment because all that stuff doesn't give you contentment because if it did, you wouldn't keep going after anything else. You keep going after more, better, and, and all the time. We're never content. Okay, get an amen. It's the same thing. That they weren't content either. One day wandering in the wilderness where they had to trust God a little bit. Oh, where's the water? It was easier in Egypt than slavery to make us have faith. He's developing our faith in each and every circumstance in our lives. And we have a problem with that. We don't want to have to struggle. I want an easy, pleasy life. I don't know wherever you read that life is going to be easy. It's not even in any book. He says, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to change what's going on out there. I want to change what's going on in you so your perception changes so you can handle life. life that isn't going to change. It's going to get worse. What comes and goes on in here has to change our perception. has to line up with God's word. Amen? And that's a process. And if you don't continuously read the word of God and continuously try to overcome your sin nature, you never will. And you'll never get into that land of promise. I don't know about you, but I'm getting up in the years. I want some rest. I want to be able to sit and chill. When I'm now, because of the world and everything's performance, I sit down for five minutes and I feel like I'm not productive. I feel like I should be doing something. Amen? That's what it is. Oh, and the devil, you're lazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just worked 70 hours. Yeah. I feel lazy right now because I'm sitting down for five. Yeah. For five minutes. Yeah. The devil. Yeah. So we can't enjoy the fruit of our labor. All right. Let's, let's, let's keep going here. The Lord, look at verse... Um, 
36, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, he will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. I will give to him and his descendants some of the very land he explored during his scouting mission. Remember the two of them that went? Joshua and Caleb, they come back and said, yeah, there's giants there, but God said he's going to make us. Let's go. There was, there was how many people said that there was um, ten other ones saying, no, it's too much for them. So it was two against ten saying to do the right thing. Ten of them won, right? So they listened to the ten, the majority. Yeah. And the same thing with our Christian life, right? You got this big, huge ministry that's teaching the wrong stuff because there's millions of people listening to it. That must be the right stuff. Then you got a little pocket here in Pawtucket teaching the truth, right? Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's, that's no good, that ministry. That's why there's nobody there. No, there's nobody there because there's truth there. Amen. They ain't looking for truth. They're looking to get their itchy ears scratched and justify what they do. Instead of saying, no, God saved me so I can change. I need to change. There's something wrong with me. I have a heart condition. And you know what keeps us out of that promise land? Pride. I'm not that bad. I'm not like them. Remember the Pharisees? I'm not like that tax collector. I go to work every day. I pay my bills. I'm not like that guy down there that's always in the hole and, and struggling. I'm not like him. I'm rich. I got everything. And, and Jesus said, no, I'm not coming for you. I'm coming for him because he knows that he's wretched and wrong. He comes for the ones that are weak and know that they're broken. Amen? Thank God for that. All right, look at verse 40. As for you, or 39, I will give you the land to your little ones, your innocent children. You were afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones who occupy it. As for you, turn around now and go back through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Hebrew, the Sea of Reeds. He said, don't go. Since you didn't want to go before, you, you can't go now. I'm not with you. Don't go. If you go, you're going to get defeated. And that's what they did, right? They went against God, and they got defeated. But the Lord told me to tell you. Well, uh, verse 41. Then you confessed, we have sinned against the Lord. We will go into the land and fight for it as the Lord our God has commanded us. So your men strapped on their weapons thinking it would be easy to attack the hill country. Now listen, let me give you a newsflash. Back then they didn't get a second chance. You better thank God you have Jesus. Because he's the one that gives us second chances and third chances. They didn't get a second chance. Moses, all he did was strike the rock and better speak to it and he kept them out of the promised land. That one failure. You better thank Jesus, because we fail all the time. If that was the case, all of us would be going to hell. Amen. Thank God for the new covenant, amen? amen? But, although he might forgive you, the consequences remain for your actions down here. You will suffer because of your sins down here. Or you're forgiven, but the consequences remain. You can't retract them. Now look what it says. 42. But the Lord told me to tell you, do not attack, for I am not with you. If you go ahead on your own, you will be crushed by your enemies. Did they listen to God? 
No, they didn't listen to him the first time, and they didn't listen to him again, saying, okay, we're going to go now. Now we're going to trust you. He said, no, it's too late. Don't go. And they went anyway, and what happened? They got crushed. How many of us try to do that? Think we have an opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus? We don't do it. Right? So, oh, I wish I would have did it. Yeah. No, you lost the opportunity. Somebody else is going to get the glory for that. Amen? The principles always remain in the Bible. God never changes. The spiritual principles always remain. Now look what it says. You know how many times when you know you should talk about God and we don't? Somebody else is going to get that. The glory for mentioning Jesus and getting them into the kingdom. Amen? A lot of us get embarrassed. Or, oh, I don't want people to know what my faith is. I don't want to lose what people think of me. I don't want to lose my stature. I don't, want to, I don't want people to think I'm a Jesus freak. Remember King David when he was rejoicing out in the streets? He thought he was nuts. He said, I don't care about you. He's the one that saved me. I don't care what you think of me. You can't save me. Okay, now look what it says. Verse 42. The Lord told me to tell you, don't attack for I'm not with you. If you go ahead on your own, you'll be crushed by your enemies. This is what I told you, but you would not listen. Instead, you again rebelled against the Lord's command and arrogantly went into the hill country to fight. Now, what's the other principle? You know when God's speaking to you and tells you not to do something, right? And you arrogantly put a blind ear to it and go ahead and do it anyway. You know when you got to say something, you know God's saying, I shouldn't say anything. And you just had to do it, right? You just had to do it. The flesh had to get its way, right? How many of us go through that when we know we shouldn't say anything and we do anyway? Thank God for his grace and mercy, no? Thank God for that. He says, okay, don't worry. It's okay. But what you just did, you're only, at the end of the day, you feel icky because you, you know you shouldn't have said that because you can't retract it. When you say something that cuts somebody down or it's not edifying to somebody, you know you said something that, that's not of God. And it was your flesh doing it. And that's why we learn how to grow spiritually so we can what? Stop. Don't say anything. Jesus didn't say anything when they were accusing him, remember? A lot of Christians got to stand up for their faith and go in there and cause arguments and cause trouble and strife, right? Thinking they're going to defend God. We don't have to defend God. Jesus is our attorney. You can keep your mouth shut and let him do it, amen? That's just more power in you not saying anything than you having to make your point. Can I get an amen for that? There's times when we should just i got to leave this in the Lord's hands because I know it's going to stop trouble. You know how many religious wars there are because people have to say something? Instead of letting God do the battle. God says, well, listen, when you're quiet and reserved and keep hold your tongue, it's when you're spiritual. That's when you're spiritual. When you, don't have, when you know you want to say something and you know God doesn't want you to and you don't. You listen to your spirit instead of your flesh. That's how you know you're getting somewhere spiritually. It's a long journey, isn't it? Oh my goodness. I feel, I'm with you. Believe me, I gotta listen. I'm not up here. I ain't an ivy tower. I gotta get up every morning, get on my knees and pray, and the devil attacks me there. 
The devil attacks me when I get in my car. He gets me when I go to Dunkin' Donuts. He gets me on the Grove on the way to work. He gets me in the body shop. He gets me, tries to get me everywhere. So I'm in the struggle with you. Okay? None of us arrive. We all struggle. And we're lying if we come to church saying, oh, we just did so good today. <laughs> That's churchianity. No, we're not good. That's why we come here to learn how to be good. Amen? And myself, I'm a work in progress. And I'm on this all the time. I, God's called me to do this. I'm constantly in the Word, studying the Word, and I fail miserably. So just imagine the people are not always doing this. I, I feel for you. I understand your struggles. Because I'm in it with you. Believe me, if there's anybody that preaches in the pulpit saying they arrived, get away from them. Because there's only one who did arrive, and it's Jesus. He's the one that we exalt. Not the preacher. I'm just giving you the message. All right, now look what it says. Verse 43. That's what I told you, but you did not listen. Instead, you again rebelled against the Lord's command and arrogantly went to the hill country to fight. Verse 44. But the Amorites who lived there came out against you like a swarm of bees. They chased and battered you all the way from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but he refused to listen. He says, I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine now. Right? That's all right. This is what it's like when you don't listen. What? What did you say? I can't hear you. <laughs> you pray? I don't hear you. <laughs> you didn't listen before. Now you want to listen now. Right? Look at what he said. But refused to listen. So you stayed there at Kadesh. For a long time. Now, before we move on, I just want to explain a little bit here, okay, what Moses was talking about in this stuff. Is everybody with me so far? Okay. When we follow God, regardless of the difficulties, we demonstrate courageous, overcoming faith. Amen? When we fo follow God, regardless of the difficulties, and how many of us don't have difficulties, right, we demonstrate what we believe, courageous, overcoming faith. All right, in, verse, in chapter 1, verses 23 to 40, Moses retold the story of the scouting mission into the promised land in Numbers 13 and 14. That's what he's doing. He's retelling it. When the scouts returned with reports of giants, the descendants of Anak, in walled cities, the people were afraid to move ahead, okay, and began to complain about their predicament. But the minority report of Joshua and Caleb pointed out that the land was fertile, the enemy was vulnerable, and God was on their side. See, he was building them up and edifying them. We become fearful and immobile when we focus on the negative aspects of a situation. How much better is it to focus on the positive? God's direction and promises. When confronted with an important decision, and you know what you should do, move out in faith. Focus on the positive while trusting God to overcome the negatives. Amen? How many of us still think negative? Be honest. We still think negative when God says, no, my spirit, I put my spirit in you so you can see the positive in the situation. Can I get an amen for that? Problems don't have to rob you of the victory. All right, in verse 28, Canaan was a land with giants and imposing fortresses. 
the descendants of Anak may have been seven to nine feet tall. Think about that. God says, you go out. He sends me, a puny me out there, right? <laughs> Remember when David had a fight, Goliath? Goliath was huge. David was this little guy, right? He says, who are you fighting it? Talking about the God like that, the Lord of the God of heaven's armies. I'm going to slay you. I'm going to cut your head off. What was he trusting? Not in his strength. He was trusting God. God had his back. He knew it. And what did he do? What did he do? He hit him with the slingshot. Right in the, wherever he hit him, in the head somewhere in the temple. Knocked him dead. David cut off his head. And he got the victory. When they had armies of people scared of this guy. It's the same with us, right? You face giants in your life, right? People come at you. Issues come at you. The devil gets in your mind. He sound like I can't solve this. And then you've got to think, he who in me is greater than he who is in the world. i got to think in the positive. God's, God goes ahead of me. I already have the victory. Why am I admitting defeat when I'm already victorious? It's the devil. All right? The walls were 30 feet. The Israelites' fear was understandable, but not justified. Okay, for the all-powerful God had already promised them victory. Didn't Jesus already said you already have overcomers? You already have the victory. But why don't we celebrate the victory? Because we let the fear, the doubt, the discouragement, and the emotions take over instead of the facts and the promises of the Bible. Again, Amen for that. And this is what we're on a journey to do: overcome what we feel and go by the facts of the Word of God. And that's a process. And nobody's perfect. That's why we have to go easy on ourselves, okay? Go easy on yourself as you grow. Go easy on God, because it takes time to, for us to do it. And guess what? Go easy on other people. Go easy on other people. Because we're not there either. We lie. We think that we're there. We can come down on other people. You should hear this. You need to hear that. Well, I haven't heard it yet. Or I haven't lived it yet. I heard it, but I haven't applied it. So we all got to go easy. Listen, be gentle. We beat ourselves up. We're all perfectionists, right? We think we come to church. I got to be here. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, Jesus goes ahead of you. He takes care of the issues. He says, relax. Get up in the morning and pray, Lord, take over. Take over, Lord, right? And he has. He goes ahead of you. So everything that comes in front of you, he's already there. He's already in it. You don't have to fret. You don't have to fight your way out of it. You don't have to get discouraged. God put it there for a reason. It's up to us to find what that reason is right. and find out what's wrong in our character, right. why he's putting it there. It's not what's wrong with them. It's something wrong with me. You see, when you can open up and say there's something wrong with me, then the pride gets washed away, the humility comes out, and here comes Jesus to flood you with his love. Amen? But he doesn't come with that prideful heart. You're actually fighting against God. Amen? I hope I got through a little bit tonight as we got through the Deuteronomy chapter 1. All right, we're going to stop there. We're out of time. Thank you for letting me share that. Brittany's going to come up and sing, and we are going to close. Neil, welcome. Just remember, God loves you unconditionally. Thank you.
Wayne, you want to close us tonight? Thank you. Brothers and sisters, bow our heads in prayer. Father, we ask you to fill us with your spirit, in this peace, grace, and mercy. We ask you to mold and shape us to be more like your son, Jesus. Amen. Also, Lord, let's take the bitterness out of our hearts and fill them with love. First Corinthians 13, love. Yes, when we leave here tonight and enter the dark world, remember to put on the armor of God so we can stand firm against the speech of the devil. And we all have safe traveling mercies, and we God bless each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace. Peace.